From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. From the very beginning, we've tried to make this podcast about building community. And if that's truly the case, you don't interview people and forget about them. We think of people who've been on this show like friends or family even. That being said, when a family member has tough times, you pick them up. And when they have a major breakthrough, you celebrate. And celebrate is what we are here to do today. On September 18th, 2020, Netflix released the American Barbecue Showdown. It's an eight-episode reality show pitting some of the nation's best barbecuers against each other in a competition-style format. And one of the eight was Atlanta's own Rashid Phillips, founder of Phillips Barbecue Co. We first met Sheed in season two of the show, but we couldn't pass up the opportunity to bring him back for a catch-up about this incredible experience. So we're proud again to present Rashid Phillips, or as they dubbed him on the show, the Gentleman Smoker. All right, we have the pleasure today to, one, welcome back a former guest, which we don't get to do that often, but this comes with quite a special occasion. Mr. Rashid Phillips, Sheed, welcome back, my friend. Oh, man, thank you for having me, brother. Thank Absolutely. You. We were just talking about, uh, we. it's been 14 months since we first talked on the show. Yeah. And life has changed for you a little bit. Marginally. <laughs> Very <laughs> not significantly. Different. If you don't count the uh, global pandemic and, you know, everything else that's gone on in 2020, on September the 18th, um, yep. a secret that you've been keeping for quite a long time, yep. uh, the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix premieres starring your pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, a face. It, uh... <laughs> Just first, man, tell me these last, so we're recording this, I guess, three days after release. Yeah, yeah. I know all of the people that are close to you have, close to you have binge watched the entire show, all eight yeah. episodes at this point. Yeah. But what have the last 72 hours been like for you? They have been amazing, uh, to be honest with you. So, uh, it was, it's just felt so humbling that so many people have so many nice things to say about me after seeing the show, you know, um, a lot are just saying, you know, how inspired they felt and how great of a representation I was and how they loved seeing someone who was otherwise a novice still pursue and take that chance to go <laughs> up against some extremely tough, heavy hitters in yeah. the world of barbecue. And they're like, they, they, my goal was accomplished. I wanted to inspire people to take action on pursue what they their passion and I'm getting a lot of messages like that I never really thought I could you know do it with cooking but seeing you and how you handled yourself and no matter what they toss at you you went for it's like yeah that makes me so happy well and I'm going to tell you something in episode one I (laughs) knew that these other contestants were in trouble and I'll tell you why we can talk about that one. <laughs> Episode one was it was a good one for it you. Was by a, the way. Yeah, by the really way, good we, ones. we we game planned this beforehand, and we're not going to give away what happens. We're it's not. Netflix. You can go home and binge it right now if you're listening to this podcast. Please do. So you should you should do that. But we're not going to give away the ending. All I'm going to say is, 
she did well. I did well. He did well. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. We're not ruining it any, any more than that. But in episode one, I knew the other contestants were they were in for a fight because it became really clear that this was not just a meat smoking competition. Yeah. This was going to be uh, a competition of ingenuity, of resourcefulness, of you know different styles of uh, cooking. You had to bake in this yeah. competition. Yeah. You had to do side dishes. And if there's anything I've learned about you over the last 14 months is you are not a one-trick pony. No, not so, at all. Now you do you do your main trick really well, but you got your your background and your love for just cooking in general. Really, when when you saw that that first competition that was so diverse, were you starting to think, okay, like I I can hold my own here? So there's like very highs and lows for that. So for mm-hmm. the first one, when I remember reading off my menu, telling them what I what I wanted to do, and the looks on the judges' faces, <laughs> they were just like. Wait, what did you did you not hear what we told you to mm. do? And this is what you're going to do. And you realize the time, like we're not right. game. Like this is what you get. I was like, yeah, I'm going for it. And mm-hmm. they legit thought I was crazy. Yeah, the competitors thought I was crazy. Uh, some came over and said, you may want to tone down. I said, no, this is this is make or break. Right. If I can't do this one this way, I'm not going to be able to make it any further. Sure. So I, I had a swing for the fences on it. And uh, it worked out really well. Yeah. It worked out very, very well for me. Well, and first impressions are so big, it you know, really in, is. A, in a competition like this. And you made a pretty impressive one, I think, for the, the judges. And what I, I loved about that first episode and, and you know, throughout, I guess I'm going to ruin and, t- and tell them that you did not get eliminated in the first episode. Yeah. But uh, throughout, you had a couple of moments where the judges, like, sort of questioned what your plan was. Yeah. And... You know, you never know what editing, you know, what they take out, what they leave in, what they sort of emphasize that wasn't that important. But it was clear, like, you stood your ground a couple times with the judges and and was basically, without saying it, you know, said, listen, just sit down and wait. (laughs) That that was kind of your mentality on a couple of these. And that's what it came through the screen, at least. Well, some of it was, but it was, um, I... I know what I know, mm-hmm. all right? and I, I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of research. I study a sure. lot. It's not the craft of barbecue isn't just fire and toss the meat on and that. Like There's mm-hmm. so much science and history behind it, and that's what I study. Yeah. And I knew I had a treasure trove of knowledge that I have never been able to put to use, mm-hmm. and this show had me put it to use. Yeah. I mean, some of these challenges, some of these moments, some of the things I had to do that you saw there were so many other cool things I did that didn't even make it yeah um but I had to make sure that I'm I'm, I wanted to showcase everything showcase my ability because I was going up against world champions not not like you know local notes some very top-notch world champions multiple award-winning people cooking far longer than I've been alive I couldn't just you know go in there and serve a, a little bit of hey here's your standard like this is if you're a barbecue lover, if you're a food lover, and you're used to seeing uh, barbecue pitmasters, this isn't that. Yeah. This is as far left field from that as you can possibly get. There's no, you know, parsley boxes here, and we're not doing level trimmed <laughs> ribs. This is not that at all. This yeah. is a real cooking show. This is not smoke by numbers. Right. So. No, exactly. And I want to dive in a little bit. Um, you know, we'll talk about 
things that happen in the actual filming in an episode some more, but take me through the background of how this even happened, Sheet. I know, you know, I heard from you, I guess, at some point in mid-2019, hey, I've got some really exciting stuff. I can't tell you for a while, but yeah. remind me to, to catch you up later, yeah. basically. Here's later. Here's later. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did this even, even start to start brewing? Honestly, it all goes down in the DMs, legitimately. It really did. It was started with a DM that I ignored because I thought it was a joke. Mm. Like, hey, we're going to be doing this and this show with a major network. Would you like to join? I was like, you're just like the sexy time random robots, or we can get you 20,000 followers if you give us $5.99. Or, no, so I legitimately ignored the messages for like a good month and a half. And then I started getting emails and calls, and I, I decided, I was like, all right, whatever. Let me just answer the call. And I did, and they told me, I was like, is this real? Hmm. And they gave me their name, and I did my due diligence. I went on LinkedIn, I checked out IMDb, you know, searched, yeah. like, glass ceiling and all glass work just to make sure. And it's like, no, this is a real company. These are real people. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, and once I realized it was real, it was everything went full speed from there. Hmm. It was we're going to need you to do this, this, and this, cook this, film this, show this, go meet this person, because they want to make sure you are the person making the food. They're vetting you. Exactly. Yeah. And they vet hard. Yeah. Like, really, really hard. Um, and then it just sort of went silent for a while, and I thought, man, hmm. maybe I didn't make the cut, because I'd gotten down, because there were a couple thousand applicants. Yeah. And I'd made it down a lot, like the last 500. And it's like, yeah, you're in the... Hmm the top 250 and just kept going then I didn't hear anything for so long it's like oh man <laughs> yeah. it's like alright then out of the blue um, I got the news that I had made it and it came at sort of a weird time because my father passed away two weeks before <laughs> that and it was like wow I was just in my head a lot and then you know it was you made it and it's happening in an, a couple of months Wow. it's like wow alright and that whole time, there was just so many levels of emotion because that low, that major high, that anxiousness, yeah. just so much going on. And then, what you don't see on the show, which I will tell you guys, I'd also quit my job hmm. of 10 years to bet on myself for this. Yeah. And there was just, I was just all over the place emotionally, but in my head, I was like, you know, my best friend jokes with me. He said, uh, only you will end up on a TV show you didn't apply to be on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. it is, it's true because I was always looking for a sign, looking for some validation. And he's like, brother, there's there's literally no bigger sign than this. <laughs> like, I, unless you get a billboard on 85, like, this is right. what you need to be doing. So that's why episode one swung for the fences and kept swinging every time after that. No doubt about it. So tell me a little bit. I guess you guys filmed just a little bit outside of Covington. I feel like it was more than a little bit outside okay. of Covington. It was just way out there. But the property yeah. was beautiful, man. Like, yeah. oh, they had acres and acres. They had lakes, all these different houses, trails. It's like, I, I want to be out here. It was yeah. amazing. It was hot as all get out, but the sure. property itself was amazing. And what time of year were you filming? August and September. So okay. un gotcha. ridiculously hot. That's that's an interesting time to be doing it this really type of competition. Is. I mean, we were in there <laughs> 95, 98 degree yeah. days, and then each station has a minimum of three smokers and yep. then one fire pit. So all wow. that heat going, plus it was right. 
I remember my my uh, PA Laura. She was always yelling at me. She, you're not drinking water. You're not drinking. I was like, what? There's water. Okay, let me let me go drink water. <laughs> well, and something my wife noticed, and I think it was episode three that I know some. I saw somebody ask you about on your Instagram story is, you guys were in the same outfits. Yeah. Every show. Explain this to me because I know you didn't do all of it in a day. No, not you know, even because of the time that you had to had to spend in each cook. Yeah. So, what's the deal with the outfit changes? My wife needs to know. All right, all right. Yeah. So, Mrs., this is it. Uh, we had multiple sets of the same outfit. Okay. We sort of uh, we would dress and send in images of how we what we wore during cooks, mm-hmm. and then their wardrobe team would find apparel for us okay. and sort of gave us our own look. Yeah. Um, they provided everything but the shoes. So we had multiple sets, and every day we would, uh, after filming, we'd get a new, uh, fresh set of clothes and yeah. return our old ones. They sent them out, but we had about four or five pair of clothes. So it's okay. never the exact same outfit, but they did it for continuity, just yeah. to, so nothing drastic changes. Um, and it gives them flexibility with editing, and they so can much. use cutaways. And, so yeah. much. So yeah, if you sure. weren't there, um, you may not get it, but if you're if you pay close enough attention, you can see a few a few hiccups here and there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was episode two or somewhere around there. Ashley like ripped the sleeves off of one yeah. of his shirts. Yeah, he was and, getting hot. And then the next episode, all of a sudden, the sleeves were back, <laughs> and you're like, "All right, something happened. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what's going on." Exactly. But no, that's good. Answers the question. So, how many days or how much time, I guess, in total, did you spend on location shooting? Uh, just over four weeks. Wow. Yeah. Were you there the whole time or you came back and went back? Only way to leave is to lose. Wow. <laughs> I'll leave over it at four that. weeks. I'll leave it at that. Crazy, man. And I was not go- ready to go home. <laughs> not at all. Oh, I want to give this away so bad. But anyhow. <laughs> all right. So we talked about the filming uh, format and the experience. Talk to me about your competitors. I mean, like you said, the experience level of some of these folks, they sort of painted you in the first episode like the rookie. You know, you, I, you had I never competed. <laughs> sure, you had never done competition barbecue. Um, you know, you, you don't have your own restaurant. And me knowing the hustle that you put into your catering business and everything else that you've done, you know, I, that didn't phase me for a minute. I knew that they had some competition, but I'm sure other folks are watching this thinking, all right, like, you What's know, guy rookie guy with no experience. But talk about, you know, meeting the other folks on the show and, and just kind of getting to know them over the yeah. over those times. Uh, first and foremost, everyone on that show is cooler than the other side of the pillow. They're <laughs> like just some amazing people in general and amazing cooks. Miss um, Tina is like literally world class, you know, French trained, you know, Miss Sylvie's been competing. She's the lady of Q. She's won an obscene amount of rib yeah. and uh, perfect score rib competitions, like which is extremely hard to do, man yeah. or woman, but she's just killing it repeatedly. Yep. Ash definitely runs on the uh, competition circuit along mm-hmm. with Boatwright and, you know, Shotgun's like a local hero for his food. Yeah. Grubbs is up there in North Georgia just getting crazy with everything. So everyone had merit and had been in competitions and had known what they were doing and used to these sets. And here's Sheed. Yeah. <laughs> here's Sheed with his laptop, like, hey, guys. His moho chicken and his jerk chicken on episode one, yeah. people looking at him funny. Like, why you, you got moho chicken, jerk chicken, St. Louis ribs, pork belly, how many yep. sizes, it's like, and a partridge and a pear, like had it yeah. all, basically. So we got to fill in some background on that and what you're talking about with episode one. So 
your first challenge, it was a, uh, a standard barbecue plate, right? Yes. They wanted you to pick two meats, two sides, and then I guess mid-challenge they threw, you had to do like a homemade bread. Yeah, yeah. 90 which, minutes in, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, make bread. If you've made bread, you know it needs to proof. So I was like, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Those, mid, those mid-challenge, uh, you know, just flyers where those they birds really were tough. Were. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was the challenge, and I wasn't pleased. It's not that I wasn't pleased. I just wasn't going to settle. It's like if everyone's going to be turning in mm-hmm. two meats, two sides, I'm turning, turning in four meats, three sure. or four sides. You know, I'm making two different backup breads. It's just I'm giving you a full plate because if this yeah. is supposed to be a family meal representation, all right, giving you a family right. meal representation, going all out. Tell me about your experience with the judges, having not done competition barbecue before, having two folks uh, that obviously were had a world of experience in and of themselves come and, and give you some, some tough feedback in some situations. Yeah. How was that for you? It was definitely intimidating because you have Melissa Cookston, literally the world's most winningest woman in barbecue, hmm. you know, judging your food. Uh, and you have Kevin Bloodsoe, who's very well known, very well respected in the barbecue community. He mm-hmm. knows his food, he knows his flavors, yeah. and these guys aren't playing around. It's not like not knocking, but if they get a celebrity that's coming in that just likes to eat. No, these people mm-hmm. have been there, they've made the food, they know the mistakes, and they can spot if you're trying to cheat it. They can sure. spot every trick, so you've just got to be very authentic. So it was very much like, okay, I've got to go full on with everything I do, and make sure whatever I put on that plate is going to wow them or hmm. they're going to let me know about it. What was uh, what was cooking under pressure like that for, for you? Because, I mean, I know that you're a guy that wants to make sure everything you put on anybody's plate is going to wow them. Yeah. That's, that's who you are. But, I mean, we saw in a couple episodes just the pressure of the clock, the pressure that the judges were putting on by the, by the harsh reviews they were giving mm-hmm. folks in early episodes. Like... And then, oh, by the way, this is going on Netflix in front of 7 billion people. <laughs> released <laughs> you know, in 172 like, countries. Right. Goodness. Yeah, well, it, was, uh, it was a lot. Hmm. It really was because you, there's so much. The clock is the clock. That's the yeah. first thing. Let me put that out there. They're not gaming you. It's not like, oh, we, it's five hours. We're actually giving you guys eight. No. No, hmm. that clock keeps running. And when we're meeting for that, those mid- uh, smoke challenges, that clock is still going. Yeah. You've got to, you're, the most challenging part about the challenge was the time. Yeah. You know, it's barbecue. We're not talking fine dining. Oh, you give me six hours to make a steak, I can make you a whole cow and cut right. it up small enough. Right. But you want me to do something that's typically eight to 12 hours for a pork butt. You know, you're wanting a brisket in this, you're wanting, you know, all these meats in that mm. time. Like, that's that's not... None of us are used to cooking that way. Yeah. Even though those in the competitors uh, that are uh, used to competition circuit, they're not making pork butt in six hours. They've got mm-hmm. all night, all day. They've got a team to rotate through. And I think that was my advantage, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. my The biggest advantage for me was that I've never done a competition. Sure. Because competitions are team events. Yeah. I was always the guy doing it myself. So I knew how long it took me to do this and how much I could do myself in that time. Yeah. And I didn't have to rely on anyone else. Teams are usually one person or someone takes the size and you guys go over here and take the ribs and I'll get this yeah. and they come together. Here, that was my biggest advantage. I knew what I needed to put on first. 
pay attention to that stuff and plan it all out. So uh, the time, time was a challenging part to, to beat. Well, and you didn't have these preconceived notions that some of these team barbecuers, I'm sure, had of, you know, all right, this is this is my built-in routine that I do in competition every single time exactly. that I don't I don't ever waver from. Exactly. And that's, you know, another another kind of chuckle moment for me just knowing you and having talked with you last year about how you do your brisket. <laughs> and then they came uh, up to you as you were starting your brisket and asked you what cook you were going to uh, what uh, temp you were going to cook at and you told them and they sort of looked at you sideways. Yep. And that was one of those moments that I was I was talking about earlier when they were like, "Are you sure?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure." I'm sure. And I, I looked at my wife and I was like, "She, she, this is what she does is brisket." <laughs> and at the end of this, like, his brisket's gonna be fine. Don't yeah. worry about that. So that was a, that was a cool moment on the show. Well, I do want to give the listeners a little insight um, into the show just deeper than us talking about it. Yeah, so I do, I'm going to pull up the Netflix trailer here. Oh, nice. I'm sure you've seen this, but maybe once or twice, once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> familiar faces. But, yeah. All right. Let's see. I got the mute button on here. Oh, uh, familiar faces there for you. Oh yeah. That guy in the back looks familiar. <laughs> The boldest smokers in America are here to throw down the best barbecue of their lives. The beef is amazing, especially when it's dipped in this chimichurri that I could drink. <laughs> One barbecue chef will be crowned America's barbecue champion. Hell, my blood type might be smoky sweet barbecue sauce. <laughs> and the others will get smoked out. Oh my God. I need to have perfect execution. I want to taste the food, I want to taste the story at the same time. Give it to me, let's go. These barbecuers got meats that the country's best butchers dream of. This is one of the best beef ribs I've ever had. How about a little mid-smoke challenge? Uh, a what? <laughs> <laughs> the barbecue combo plate. Ribs. The barbecue sandwich. I got a fresh cut up possum over here. Didn't even have to get it off the side of the road. This is no easy feat. Oh my God. I'm gonna marinate the chicken and pickle juice. Somebody's got to go home. Suck it up, buttercup. How much time we got? How much time we got? Five, four, three, two, one. Show me the meat! <laughs> good times, man. Very good times. Definitely good times. amazing memories there. Well, and again, you know, my wife and I have been to this show, and... Melissa, she's a tough cookie, man. Like you yeah. said, world-renowned barbecuer, yeah. without a doubt. But, and again, you never know what's editing and what they cut out when you're watching a show like this. But, you know, sometimes I would get frustrated because I felt like in an exchange with you or with another contestant early on, she would ask them a question that she already sort of knew the answer to. Mm-hmm. And they would give her the answer that she was expecting that in her mind was the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like it tinted sort of her judgment up until the end when she got the, the plate on the, on the table. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, man, don't judge before the plate's on the table. Yeah. But that's part of the deal, right? You're having to figure out these judges, what they like, what they don't like. And, Very true. And really sort of shape their opinion on, on the way you're doing things. No, no. And, and you're, you're right. That's sort of what it is. They, First off, her skill is 
bar none. Hmm. Uh, what you don't see is she literally broke down the entire cook process for one of the contestants, yeah. listed everything they did right and everything that went wrong for them, and we're just we were all just in awe. Like she wow. wasn't even there. How does she know? <laughs> but just by tasting it, yeah, and looking at it, she called it. She was spot on, and she was like, "This is where you messed up," and you get that after paying your dues and doing your time, where you can look and taste and like, "Here's everything that went wrong. Fix it." You sure. know, and she was trying to alleviate but some of it too is when you're when you have that much wealth of knowledge there may not always be a little bit more wiggle for something new but I think everyone brought something different they were went about it slightly different ways and me having so much um, lack of competition experience (laughs) I think really was the asset in the whole process Uh, I speak on the fact that I wanted to put flavors in there with a purpose majority of these guys they're doing ribs they're going sweet Light brown sugar, white white sugar, brown sugar. That's yeah. sweet. Me, I go mangoes, sugar cane. Put them on the smoker. When was the last time you went to a barbecue place and you saw mangoes on the smoker right. collecting the juices to make a glaze? You're like, what? <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> that's sort of the thing. Yeah. That, you know, I want to give you sweet with a purpose, heat with a purpose. I, yeah. There's multiple ways to get there without just brown sugar. And that's, that's what we're, you know, giving you what you're used to but from a different source and with a different layer of uh, flavor with it. Sure. So, oh, and I just have to say, shout out to Avery, uh, the executive um, chef on this show. She brought us, she was like Willy Wonka with the type of meats that we had. <laughs> I mean, it was everything you could imagine, the finest selection of meat I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, tomahawk steaks, ribeyes, prawns, various crawfish, uh, the best ribs, the brisket, the beef ribs. I mean, I, I was in heaven. I was legitimately cooking <laughs> side meals just to eat because they're like, I'm never yeah. going to get my hands on this stuff again. <laughs> so a lot, there's a shot you see um, where... If I'm going home, I'm at least going to eat well. Exactly. That's really what it was. There's a shot where they, they're talking about, oh, he's put him, uh, he's got his pork belly on, but they're focused on a thing of ribs, yeah. but you don't see it on a plate. That's because those beef ribs were my snack. <laughs> I was cooking. It's like I'm not going to get this often, so yeah. I need it. I want to enjoy this. But they they really spared no expense. They wanted to make sure that we were putting out quality food, and they started with quality ingredients. Hmm. Had an entire pantry, every spice rub you could possibly imagine, all from Spiceology. Yeah. Um, we had various different liquors we could use to break down and make sauces. Hmm. Amazingly fresh produce, like no. No corners were cut. It was, if That's you didn't awesome. put out flavorful food, it was not going to be because they didn't provide you right. the ingredients for it. Right. They were setting you up for success, and at that point, it's an even playing field for everybody. Exactly. It's not a, uh, he got a better cut of meat than I did. You know, they it's all great cuts. That's awesome. No, that's great. All right, Sheed. So, obviously, an incredible experience for you. Yes. And yeah. I think as entrepreneurs, you know, we hear a lot that a lot of times your business is is made or or broke sometimes by when you get a big opportunity mm-hmm. um, you got to take advantage of it right very true so you're in a in a unique position of you got this opportunity in mid 2019 yeah and you knew it was coming for some time so you've had some time to prep oh by the way throw a global pandemic in the middle of that oh, yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. and a huge economic blow too. right Right, to throw a wrench into things. But yeah. what have you sort of been doing since filming was done to make sure that, hey, when release comes, I'm going to be ready to, to, to take advantage of it? Uh, 
been gearing up and adding to my toolbox. I've got multiple projects in the works, just finalized the final flavor profile for the Phyllis Barbecue all-purpose rubs that are, yeah. you know, should be coming out by the end of the year. Uh, I've partnered with some amazing local businesses. Um, Pontoon Brewing and I, we are actually releasing a beer in November. Uh, yes. It's called uh, Tall, Dark, and Smoky. <laughs> I wish I was joking. That is the name, and I'm absolutely in love with it. And the amazing thing about this beer, which I want people to know, is I'm collecting zero profit. Hmm. I'm, I don't want a penny from it. I'm actually donating and creating a fund, a uh, scholarship fund, using the profits because we're going wow. and doing full nationwide distribution. Hmm. Um, I feel like that's more important than having some zeros in the bank account. So support because you may help a student or a young person out there get one step closer to their goal. Sure. Uh, so that's a really big initiative, and it's great that Pontoon is willing to do that. And, and, and work with me with that. And uh, so a lot of stuff like that's going on. Um, I'm actually doing a bit more speaking. I have a lot of teachers that are, I have me queued up to go speak at their classes, you know, sort of share my experience, sort of uh, explain yeah. how I got there and right. what, what they can do. Uh, so it's afforded me a lot. It's afforded me a good amount of things. I'm still working on trying to get some doors open. Yeah. I'm still working on getting a, a brick and mortar, and I'm hoping now um, that my ability and personality are out there, I can come across the right yeah. person and we can make something happen. Well, you got a heck of a resume reel to, <laughs> to work it's not, off it's of not at bad. this point. It's not bad. Yeah, not, not many folks are going to be able to uh, compete with that. But uh, Oh, and I am almost done my cookbook. I started writing oh, a nice. book while filming. And it's a uh, working title right now is called All Smoke, No Mirrors. All Smoke, No Mirrors. Dude, you and the, and the titles. Tall, Dark, and Smoky, uh, All I, Smoke, No Mirrors. I do all right. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've done this uh, marketing thing before. Yeah, it's maybe, once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> maybe. All right, man. So you've talked a little bit about it, but you got the cookbook, you got the rubs. You, you mentioned it short, you know, quickly. And I saw somebody asked you this on your live stream last night. Brick and mortar, food truck, all very, very complex things very. to think about. And yeah. I know it was something that I know it's something that that you're interested in and Definitely. that you know, you you've got that desire and you know, in the heart somewhere that, hey, like, this is my spot, you know, and, and as much as I know you take joy in going to people and, and cooking for them. Talk about that dream, and is it closer than it's ever been before? Has the pandemic sort of put that on hold for you and, and put you in a place of, all right, just weather the storm and, and maybe coming up? Where are you with that? It is a double-edged sword for <laughs> sure because there are a lot more properties available and a lot more um, owners willing to make deals and negotiations, sadly, right. because other businesses had to close. Sure. That's the bad side of the sword, but it is allowing me an opportunity to – create and build something right and I think what's slowing down my process actually know what's what's taking my process is I want to own it hmm. front to end I don't want to lease a space I want to own the property that I stand on because yeah. just like it says in my bio when you put your name on something you have to stand by it if <laughs> I'm gonna put my name on this building I want to own it yeah so that's what's really taking the process the, the long um, longest part of it is finding the right property that I can own myself outright sure. so if another pandemic knocks around I yeah. still have something to call my own and I don't have to worry about losing it because I'm going to put my all and then some right. in there and I want to make sure I fully utilize 
this opportunity with Netflix because that's what it was. Hmm. It's an opportunity that I earned, and it wasn't just given to me. I was obviously working hard enough and putting enough right. stuff out there to where I caught someone's attention somewhere. And it was up to me once it was presented to just hang on to it and fight all the way through to the end. Yeah. Well, and I hope I hope you don't take this negatively or a knock on what you're doing, but I think there's a lesson here for everybody. There's folks who fake it till you make it and, you know, put your best foot forward on on Instagram and Facebook is just a highlight reel and then there's what you built your business on and that's really what we talked about in the last episode of just constantly telling your story yeah. as you're going you know like people go to your website yeah you put you built your website as if you were a five-star barbecue restaurant in you know Atlanta Georgia and if they read through it they realize hey all right this guy's doing catering but you didn't let that stop you and you didn't say all right, I'm you know gonna work hard behind the scenes and pay my dues, and then when I'm in a brick and mortar, you know I'll start I'll start promoting myself. Yeah. You took the opportunity to say, all right, this is this is me. This is where I am right now. I'm gonna be honest to the world about where I am, but I dang sure ain't going to like pretend that I'm not working hard in this yeah. process of of trying to do it. Somebody noticed that, and. For you to be in the same room with those other seven folks who had done competition barbecuing, who I'm sure some have had the restaurant experience, some have had all that experience. I mean, that's a testament to your work ethic, man. So congrats on even (laughs) getting in the door there and the fact that you took advantage of the opportunity once you got in that door. Just super happy happy for you, bro. Thank you, Thank you. I appreciate that. I I tell people all the time, and they're slowly starting to believe me now. It's like I, I'm. I refuse to be outworked. Like hmm. you know, Will Smith once said it in an interview. Like you may be smarter or better looking or whatever, but you put us on the treadmill. I'm willing to die on that treadmill. Hmm. I refuse to be outworked. You know, I, I'm just getting back from Knoxville, but I was in Knoxville a week and a half, and then I had to come back. I left Knoxville Friday morning, got back to Atlanta Friday afternoon. Did a cook all day, all night. Did an mm-hmm. event right after the cook was on on Saturday. Yeah. Wrapped the event. Did a panel. Finished the panel. Drove back to Knoxville to end up back doing what I had to be doing in sure. Knoxville. Right. Not not Mr. B. <laughs> I work. You can't complain about mud when you ask for rain. And these are the opportunities <laughs> that I wanted. So yeah. toss the galoshes on, put on your coat, and just get to work. But that's, that's right. really what it is. You can make excuses. You can always find a reason why not to do something, but mm. if you really want this, you've got to push for it. Like yeah. no one's no one's coming to you to say, "Hey, come take all of this amazing stuff." You didn't you didn't earn it. Right. Uh, my mentor, uh, Miles, before he passed away, always used to tell me, "She, there's no shortcut. Mm. Everyone pays their dues. Some take longer than others, but everyone pays it. So yeah, just start going now." Well, and. You know, what I love about you, man, and this this hat manifested itself on the show. You're working hard. You're sweating your backside off in the middle of one of these challenges. (laughs) And one of your competitors is just going through a really tough moment and could tell that that he was just really struggling in that time, you know, to the point where he was ready to just call call it a day, you Mm -hmm. know, and accept his fate and go home. And 
um, man, just getting goosebumps thinking about it. But you, like you said, you're under immense pressure with time. You paused what you were doing, walked uh, walked into the barn where he he was, and he was you know stewing and just a tough day that he was having. And you didn't say all that many words to him, but you took time out of you know what you were doing to go and encourage him. And he even said in the show like the words that that you spoke to him. And I don't want to you know give away too much, but were what got him through to the end of that competition. And ultimately, uh, he didn't go home that day. He didn't lose that day. And I think, you know, Gary Vee, love him or hate him, he's got a saying that I really do like. He says, I want to build the tallest building by building the tallest building, not by tearing somebody else's down. Exactly. And and you you personified that in that moment um, of, hey, this guy is my competition, and it would be real easy to just let himself, you know, implode right now. But that's not who you are, no. and that's not you know how your mama raised you. I know, and, and and I was hoping they would dive into you know the story with your mom a little bit more on the on and the show. But th- that's crazy because that's all I talked about: my yeah. mom, grandmother, and my aunt Jen, and none of it made it in. Hmm. But you know, they they I spoke to my mom, and my grandma yesterday actually, and they were very proud of me. You hmm. know, I represented them well, which is yeah. the best uh, response and feedback I could get. Yeah. But that moment you're talking about on the show um yeah he and i actually spoke for a while so it may only seem like you know five seconds there sure but we spoke for a bit and i went in and i understood i understood what he was going through you know i mm-hmm. told him it's like hey i get where your head is i get where the emotion is like you know i just lost my yeah. old man not long before getting here i know you've lost your best friend right. and that's why you're doing this and it's like you can't you can't really give up like you beat out we beat out thousands of people yeah to get here and you're going to walk away and just <laughs> stop like that's not you're better than that i know you are yeah. take a minute shake this off let's think our way through whatever this is and, and, and let's get back to work because sure. we, we've got that's what it is we've got work to do so so let's yeah. go and he took it off he shook it and we got it and pulled it off you know and mm-hmm. uh everyone was asking like you could have ended going home and i said i'd have been perfectly fine with that sure because you're right my mom's watching my grandma's watching my aunt's watching my godkids are watching and if they just see you know uncle sheet or papa sheet just step over somebody <laughs> to get to the finish line <laughs> that's not that's not me right you know and uh I, if that's what i had to do to win i'd much rather lose i'm not gonna watch you burn when sure. i can just help you out and let's, right. let's work through this together because it's a community before it's a competition and yeah. that's what I needed people to get from it. Well, and it may have earned you a great name for your first restaurant, by the way. <laughs> because at the end of your time on the show, I'm yeah. not going to say when that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin dubbed you the gentleman smoker, which is just perfect, one. But <laughs> aside from tall, dark, and smoky, uh, n- nothing kind of describes who you are better than yeah. the gentleman smoker. So if that's not uh, proudly displayed somewhere in, in your first restaurant, if not the title of it, then uh, I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get a, a varsity jacket. So if anyone listening here does <laughs> custom embroidery, yeah. I'm serious. I want to get a, you know the Phillips peel on front and get the gentleman smoker on the back. I think that'd Love be great. <laughs> like the uh, the Rocky style, exactly, like, uh, exactly. You know the Italian stallion, the gentleman uh, smoker. That's exactly what I love because everyone in barbecue has a moniker. You know, mm-hmm. big Kevin blood. So uh, Melissa cooks the most ruinous woman in barbecue. Hmm. Myron makes in the most ruinous man and barbecue goes on and on 
And, you know, uh, it's not something you give yourself. It's something that's given to you. You have to be dubbed. Exactly. Yeah. So being knighted that night was amazing to yeah. walk away with that. So it's definitely something I'm hanging on to. Ladies and gentlemen, Rashid Phillips, the gentleman smoker. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Thank I appreciate you, it, man. I appreciate it. If you haven't already, you have got to check out the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. And check out everything else Rashid has going on at phillipsbarbecueco.com. Also, Rashid is launching his own podcast as well. Search Entro Podcast on your favorite podcast app to find it. That's E-N-T-R-O Podcast. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you'd like to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connectsatl.com. Make sure to subscribe to Atlanta Born and Brand and Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see y'all soon.